Well, here's a poignant listener question. Dan, why doesn't my talent count more than a degree? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome into the 48 Days Radio Show. Hey, this is where each week we take about 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to do just that. To show up every day excited to be able to do something that's meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Hey, welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Our business partners today are FreshBooks and Gusto. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. As I alluded in the opening, Dan, I have an education, but not the piece of paper. And the company says their hands are tied unless I get that piece of paper. And we're going to unpack that. How do we address that in today's changing workplace? Maybe you have the skills, proven ability, but you don't have that college degree. We're going to kind of wrap our head around that, give you some exciting opportunities in ways that you can maybe address that. Next question. Four months ago, I accepted a new job. However, I regret taking this new position due to the work environment and culture. So the question is, you know, after four months, how do you change a job again? Is that going to be a blemish on your resume? Dan, I'm looking at reaching out to the 30 or 40 target companies you suggest in the 48 days process, but I'm having difficulty trying to ascertain how I'd present myself. Somebody says, you mentioned you were in debt. And at the very least, you would have gone into sales because there's no cap on the amount of money you can make. If I were to get into sales, what would you recommend? How do I start? Dan, you often talk about how important it is to over-deliver on anything offered or promised. Well, yes, I do indeed. Got some examples of that we'll be sharing. Here's a quotation for today. Now, because of the opening question from a listener... I chose a quotation from Henry Ford. A man's real education begins after he has left school. True education is gained through the discipline of life. Now I've got some more. So my question for you then this week is, what has been the most important part of your education? And I put education in quotes because we know education can happen in a lot of ways other than sitting in a chair in a classroom. That's the real issue here. Education is not just memorizing what's in a textbook and regurgitating back to the professor. Education happens through life experience. But how do we validate that? How do we give credibility to that when companies are saying, hey, we want to see your college degree? in order for you to move up in the company. All right, now here's an example of that. Now I'm going I'm to do something a little bit different today. There's lots of good news out there. Yes, thank you for sending me notes. We'll catch up on some of that. I love the fact that there's good news. But I want to do just a quick insert here because I just got back from five days in Havana, Cuba. And it was absolutely profound. It was absolutely exhilarating as an experience But the insights into humanity, 
just were pretty mind-blowing. Recognizing how much we're influenced by circumstances and our environment. Now, I went down there with six other guys. All of us are members of the 48 Days Eagles. Incidentally, we just opened the door again to 48 Days Eagles after being closed for the summer. And I've, I've been getting notes from you. When's it going to open? When's it going to open? When's it going to open? Well, it's open. If you go to 48dayseagles.com, it's open and we got an influx of new people. It's exciting to see new people coming in. But the seven of us who went to Havana, Cuba this last week are all members of 48 Days Eagles. That's our common connection. We went down there and just, we no, this was not a missions trip. I've had people ask me about that. Well, in that we went down there to mingle with the people, encourage them, support their businesses, I suspect that's uh, effective missions in and of itself, but that's not how we framed it. We went down there, just we wanted to experiment, experience what's changing. As the government is changing dramatically, the doors are opening more. I mean, we're able to go. We didn't have to go through Canada. We just went to Fort Lauderdale and then a 45-minute flight right into Havana. There are cruise ships that are starting to come in, so they're opening the doors a little bit. Of course, the, the rule in April of this year was passed from Raul Castro, Fidel's brother. Fidel, of course, died and handed the reins to his brother. The Castro family's been in power for almost 60 years. But then in April of this year, with Raul's declining health, it was handed off to another hand-picked successor, but a new president. Things are changing. You know, it's, it's exciting to see this. Now, in Cuba, you get free housing, free medical care, free food, education. All those are taken care of. We saw thousands of kids, millennials, 20s and 30s, hanging out all day and all night uh, down by the waterfront. There's a big wall there and it's a popular hangout place. And we're down there, you know, 11, 1130 at night. And I'm saying, geez, when are these kids going to go home? You know, don't they have to be at work at eight o'clock in the morning? And the answer is no, they don't have jobs. They aren't looking for jobs. They have free housing, free medical care, free food, free education. And they're like, hey, I'm cool. I mean, it blew my mind to see the people who aren't looking for anything better. Now, here's here's kind of the principle. If you want to control people, give them what they want. And that's exactly what's been happening there for years. Now, in the meantime, there are businesses that were taken over by the government that are longer, no longer in existence. There's beautiful, beautiful buildings, architecture, just stunning architecture where the buildings have fallen down. They haven't been maintained. They're just crumbling all over the city. There are buildings that are just, the roofs caved in, the walls fell in, just no maintenance. There's no incentive for free enterprise that would cause somebody to keep something like that going. Now, in the midst of that, there are a lot of people who think of Castro as their father. They're very defensive about Castro. You know, he took care of us. Even though the whole country went through dramatic decline. I mean, at one time, that little country was the eighth wealthiest country in the world. I have no idea where it is today, but the, the infrastructure is just destroyed. However... There are those, just like in any environment, who are looking for a way out. You know, I talked recently about who moved my cheese. You know, that even rats are smart enough to go somewhere else if the cheese is gone. 
Well, in this case, it's kind of an interesting application of that. There's cheese there, but there's no opportunity. All you're going to do is get fat on cheese. But we found people in Cuba, and it wasn't really a matter of how old they were. We met people who were then there, you know, who were 18 years old, who were saying, hey, there's a better way out. I mean, one of our cab drivers, you know, I said, well, have you ever thought of going to the United States? And there was this pregnant pause, and he said, doesn't everybody? It, but then we have another cab driver who says, look, this is the way things are here. Castro is taking care of us. I got a free college education. Now, here's where that goes. Less than 2% elect to go to college. It's totally free. Less than 2% elect to go because when you get out, you are offered a job. No question about it. A government job. You can work for the government. You can be a doctor. You can be an attorney. A doctor in Cuba makes roughly $40 a month. Now we went out one night for a city tour. We had, um, we engaged a couple young guys. We, we were in a 55 Chevy convertible and a 56 Chevy convertible. We paid those guys each $40 an hour for a tour of the city. What would be the motivation to go through college, become a doctor and be paid $40 a month? I mean, it's just preposterous. Now we're going to see because of that a major swing. It's inevitable. We're going to see a major swing as more and more entrepreneurs are figuring out they can make a lot of money. And there are doctors and attorneys and pharmacists and engineers and accountants who have a little cart in one of the city plazas, you know, where they're selling snow cones because they're making, they're making as much money in a day as they were used to making in a month in their profession. Now that's creates a crisis of professionals. I mean, when Castro came in originally, there were over 240,000 professionals who left the country immediately because they saw what was coming. So you don't have the professionals that are needed to sustain the country. I mean, there's a whole lot of things they're going to change with. Mindset is such an important element in how these people are responding to their circumstances. Some just say, this is the way it is. It's the way it all is. All the only thing I've ever known, this is what my kids are going to experience. And they just are whiling away the hours of every day. That those who say, oh, you better believe it. I'm going to take advantage of opportunities that I'm finding here. I mean, the landlord, we were in an Airbnb, a house that, that were housed all of us. He told us, a young guy named Adrian, he said, this is the absolute best business opportunity in Cuba, having an Airbnb. I mean, we paid him $140 a night. Now, not a lot for the amount of people that we had, but to him, it was a lot. When you think about the income coming in, $140 a night, wow. Now, he's licensed and pays taxes on that, but to him, it's almost like having a loophole in what's possible because he's making extreme amounts of money compared to other people by having an Airbnb. Well, we ran into guys who would... We we had a guy that we met in a plaza where we had kind of a loose connection to him, but he's a local there. And we gave him uh, $1,400 the first night we were there in American cash. And he disappeared to go transfer that into Cuban currency. 
how you know we joked about it after he was gone for about an hour you know we probably just got scammed and he's gone no he came back turned out to be a very trusted friend and helped us with some other connections as well but uh, you know it, it's like in any country any place in the world you meet people who are going to find ways to make their lives better they're creative and nothing's going to stop that and you find people who are looking for a free ride it's certainly no different than here. Brooke came back to the United States and said, wow, we got the same thing here. People are looking for those, that free ride where they're never really going to accomplish a lot. You know, one of, one of the young guys I talked to, he says, so they give us free medical care. He says, what is up with that? He said, what, when am I going to be in the hospital? Maybe one day a year. He said, they can keep their benefits. Give me an opportunity. I'll pay for the one day a year when I need the hospital. But I'm not going to lock into that system where because of the free medical care, then I don't do anything in my own. I mean, to him, it just seemed preposterous. Well, I love the old cars. I'm going to move on. I love the old cars there. I mean, it's one of the things you see, and it certainly is true. These old exotic cars, they've kept them together with uh, duct tape, (laughs) bailing twine, it seems, but they keep them running. So there's a lot of cars in the 50s, even the 40s, that are there and they've turned them into very attractive vehicles. So a four door um, convertible, a 1959 Chevy four door convertible. Well, they never made such a thing, but somebody there and having access to an old car like that, cut the top off because they know it makes it a more appealing taxi ride. So it was painted like a bright pink. I thought, Oh, how cool. Talk about creativity. So they find these old cars and that's one of the big things as tourism increases, they can give, Americans and certainly a lot of others, a lot of Italians, a lot of Russians, a lot of Canadians who are coming there. We went to some restaurants, the high-end restaurants. Um, The last night we went to, it was an underground restaurant. It's one that is not really promoted as a restaurant, but people meet you in the street and say, hey, come down here into the basement. And we did, and we had an amazing meal provided by a family. Uh, There's a word for that. It's like palandro. I have to look up what the word is, but... um, just a great experience. But again, a real testimony to the um, human spirit in rising above circumstances, no matter what those are. Well, let me tell you about our business partners today, and we're going to jump into some important questions. Fresh books, you hear me talk about them? I mean, do any of you entrepreneurs find that even the thought of dealing with the numbers side of running your small business, eh, it's pretty intimidating. Well, our friends at Fresh Books know this feeling really well. In fact, their understanding of just how intimidating numbers can seem has inspired them to create a really easy-to-use cloud accounting software. Now, when I describe FreshBooks as being ridiculously easy to use, here's what I mean. When it comes to invoicing, you can send an ultra-professional-looking invoice in about 30 seconds. You can set yourself up to receive online payments. Clients will love paying directly from your invoice. And, and I mean, it makes it easy for them. I mean, when the old days when you used to send an invoice and then you wait 30 days and hope they got it, hope they opened it, hope they're going to pay it. Yeah, these days you send it electronically, you can see instantly that they opened it. And frankly, most people just pay it instantly. So five minutes later, you get your money in your account. You can link FreshBooks to your credit and debit cards. So the next time you get a business lunch, you know, that was a funny thing in Cuba. We we, they, they, you can't use credit cards or, of course, American money. So everything was in cash. So just our calculations are different to make sure we had enough 
pesos with us to cover the things that we did to tip people well but uh, certainly different than the easy system we're used to here but things are changing again it'll change there well I love fresh books because it's changed the way I feel about dealing with my administration and paperwork. Right now, fresh books is offering an unrestricted 30 day free trial for all 48 days. Listeners to claim yours, just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the, how did you hear about a section again, just freshbooks.com slash 48 days. That'll get you up and running. You won't be disappointed. Our other business partner is Gusto, kind of ties into that because it syncs with FreshBook, but this is a way to take care of payroll, benefits, and human resource for the modern small business. Whatever small business you've got, this is a way to do it. Now, I know that you know payroll and benefits can seem complicated, especially for small business. You don't have the time to be an expert in things like taxes and regulations. That's exactly why this makes a lot of sense. Gusto is making payroll benefits, human resource, easy for small businesses. I mean, the modern technology, I mean, they've plugged into all the laws and regulations, things that keep you abreast of doing it right. So that does the heavy lifting. It's easy to get things right. I mean, just check out some of the business magazines out there, what they're saying about Gusto, calling it the best payroll system for small businesses anywhere. I mean, you can Google it if you want to. I mean, you can just see what people are saying about Gusto. I mean, not a lot of people talk about loving their payroll provider, but uh, people are pretty uh, mushy about Gusto. So most small businesses don't have an HR expert. You don't need one with Gusto. I mean, you can focus on your business, not the payroll and paperwork. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service for your team. So Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited time deal. Now check this out. You can sign up today and you get three months, three months free once you run your first payroll. So check it out. I mean, no risk in this at all. You get three months free. Just go to gusto.com slash 48 days. Again, real simple, gusto.com slash 48 days. All right. Well, I do have some other good news as well. You heard me mention we just reopened 48 Days Eagles. Golly, I've gotten so many notes from you listeners here about eager to get back into that. Hey, we didn't, you know, we weren't trying to do some kind of hype or a fancy, fancy promotion kind of thing to just get pent up energy there. It kind of seemed like that happened. We had a lot of people on a waiting list to get in, but we closed it for the summer so we could do some experiments with people who were already in there. So we ran this thing we called Eagle's Nest. We surveyed everybody who was in there and identified 19 areas of specific interest. Things like you know, podcasting, blogging, coaching, artist, music, writing, speaking. I mean, those kind of things. And then we asked for volunteers in the group to lead those groups, which were filled instantly. We had multiple people volunteer in all of the groups. And then we opened it up to members to be part of those groups. Well, it was a phenomenal experiment. Uh, we, we, we only allowed eight people in each of the groups. So each of the people had the leader plus eight people. In retrospect, I probably should have made them larger because we had a lot of people waiting, but we did that. So there would be a real close connection and really being able to go deep with those people. And then it was a 48 day process. So that's what we expected of everybody. 48 days. Well, 
that period of time has ended and uh, the results are in. I mean, we're thrilled with what we're hearing from people. I led the podcasters group. We had perfect attendance for all seven of our meetings, except for one gal who missed one of the meetings because of another commitment. But it was amazing how they engaged. And there were three people in that little group who started and launched podcast in that period of time. Interestingly enough, two of the eight people in my podcasters group were blind. I didn't anticipate that. Wow. What a great venue for them though, to use podcasting. One of those is, is a physician and she has started a podcast for parents of children who are blind, but we just saw some amazing things. Anyway, 48 days Eagles is open. The doors are open today. You just go to 48dayseagles.com. You'll see the welcome there, and we're delighted to have you join. We're not looking, you know, we don't require some long commitment. There's no upfront cost. You get immediate access to all of the content. I mean, pretty much everything that I have written, including things like Write to the Bank, which is a $197 program, you know, how to turn your writing into income, your writer of the day, wisdom meets passion, all those things are in there that you get instant access to just for your first month's $36 membership fee. Now, it's going to be $48, obviously. That's where we're going to end up. That's where we're heading. But right now, it's $36. So if you aren't in there already, hey, we'd love to see you in there. Also, just a reminder about our Acres of Diamonds cruise. Um, thinking about some creative, uh, having been just to Havana, Cuba, really got me in the spirit to go down through the Caribbean to some of the the hot spots, some of the little islands that we'll be visiting, but we'll go to Puerto Rico and then down to St. Thomas then back up the Dominican Republic and then over to Nassau and the Bahamas. Those are going to be the stops. Acres of Diamonds Cruise leaving April 27th through May 4th, seven days, 2019, leaving from Miami. And here's what I'm going to do there. I'm going to start looking at the people who are registered. We have a good group in there already, but people who are registered and I'm going to open it up for those people to be presenters rather than bringing in big names like I've done sometimes in the past. I'm going to have the participants. We're seeing so much activity in like the 48 Days Eagles where I see natural leaders emerging. So rather than bringing in outside speakers, I think we're going to have the people who are coming on the cruise, if they want to, we'll do it TED style where you have 18 minutes to present something about Acres of Diamonds. It could be a story about how you discovered the Acres of Diamonds for yourself or how you know now that you're sitting on top of something or maybe a family member or somebody you've worked with. But Acres of Diamonds is a theme. We're going to do those 18-minute style presentations like they do in TED Talks. And I, I think we got room for maybe 20 people. So Joanne and I will be doing presentations, but... There's certainly room for others. So check it out. Join us on the cruise. And if you get a topic, I'll be communicating with you in the next couple of weeks here about how we would welcome you being a presenter. And we'll, and we'll show you as a presenter. I mean, how'd you like to have that on your website or your resume that you are a presenter on the 48 Days Cruise Acres of Diamonds? So 48days.com cruise. Matter of fact, you get a copy of free copy of Acres of Diamonds just for going to the website. So go there, check it out. 48days.com cruise. All right. Now this comes from William and this is one where I want to make sure we have time to really unpack this. Dan, I've been in the landscaping industry for the past 12 years. Two years ago, I left my private company to take over the grounds at a large commercial property and have enjoyed it tremendously. 
The leaders of the company have appreciated my progress, turning around the look at the property, as well as my ability to transform the team and culture in the grounds department. There are many opportunities for growth in other parts of the business since the business is growing and they have acquired multiple properties, some internationally, over the last few years. I'm always looking for new challenges and the prospect of doubling my income or more is tempting. My problem is that I have no formal education and this being a corporate environment, there are boxes that must be checked for most upper level positions. I spoke with the chief operating officer, and while I have all the qualifications to execute the higher positions, I'm told without the degree, I will not be qualified on paper for the positions. What frustrates me is that he basically told me I have the education, but not the piece of paper, and their hands are tied unless I get the piece of paper. I'm a voracious learner. My Audible account boasts 679 titles. That means he's listened to that many books. And I read or listen to around 60 or 70 per year. I find it ludicrous, almost insulting, that I need to spend thousands of dollars and up to four years obtaining a degree, studying something I already know. I'm torn between knuckling down and getting the degree or saying forget about this corporate life and going back into entrepreneurship. I'm currently making more money than my best year in private practice. What's your advice, Dan? William, wow. You have packed so much in your short description there. I love, love, love how you laid this out. And you present such a common dilemma where people are saying, why should I go sit in a classroom with 18-year-olds to get that piece of paper when I've already proven my competence and talent in doing what I want to do? Well, there's multiple ways to approach it. One is certainly you can say, okay, you know, keep your J-O-B. I can go out on my own and nobody asked me, you know, if you show up here to do my landscaping, I'm not going to ask you, gee, what did you do to get your degree in? You know, I mean, do they want you to go back and get a degree in geophysics or you know, English lit? I mean, what would add to your competence in landscaping if you went back for a degree. Now, certainly there are things in landscaping design and agriculture and horticulture and all, I'm sure that you could study, but if they like your work, I mean, that is certainly kind of the proof of the pudding. Well, there are a couple of ways to approach this. One is I see companies who have these policies who violate them every single day of the year. Yes, they have as a company policy that you have to have a degree. I mean, we had a a story about, wow, what was the young guy's name? I think it was Jason, who was a blacksmith. He was homeschooled and then became a blacksmith. And then he taught himself software development over a seven-month period of time. Put himself out there and a company, and it's a major, major company. I won't say the name because uh, this defies their policy. They had never hired somebody in a software development position who did not have a traditional degree. He had trained himself by taking online courses and they saw his competence. They hired him. He's gotten advancements since that has moved up well over a hundred thousand dollars. And just a great example of a company, although they had their official policy, they said, well, we want you and we're going to ignore our policy. Now I see that happen all the time. Now, some time ago in the podcast, I talked about how this is changing and how companies are saying they no longer require a degree. I listed 10 at the time, went back and grabbed that. And those 10 companies were Google, Ernst & Young, 
Now think about that. These are companies, you know, sophisticated technology and all, and they're saying, we can't see the connection between somebody having a degree and their competence in adding value to our company. So they're no longer requiring a degree. Google, Ernst & Young, Penguin Random House, Costco, Whole Foods, Publix, Apple, Starbucks, Nordstrom, Home Depot. And we could go on and on and on with other companies who are saying, eh, those days are over. So you could anticipate that perhaps even while you're working through this, William, the company that you're working for recognizes that that's a pretty antiquated requirement that somebody have a degree. When we look at some of the things, if we look at marketing that's being done today or using social media, I mean, what if somebody wants somebody who's really skilled in using Facebook ads, one of the primary marketing tools used by companies today? And this person graduated from school even 10 years ago, not to say anything about 20 or 30, but 10 years ago, they would have nothing of use that they learned 10 years ago that's related to doing that. They would have to prove their competence by staying up to speed in what they did in the last two years, the last six months. Companies recognize that. So you might hope that the company culture changes or that you get in touch with the right person who may not be the chief operating officer, but somebody else who has the ability to bear some weight on this or make a decision that they can move you up because of your proven competence there. Another approach is go get the degree. Now, this is the other half of the equation. This has really changed. I know a young lady who just recently graduated from high school. The same day she graduated from high school, she was awarded her associate's degree, meaning she had two years of college under her belt. She was 17 years old because there are so many opportunities to go online and get very legitimate accredited degrees from universities where they don't force you to come and sit in the seat there. She happened to go to Liberty University. Now she wants to go the last two years to actually be on campus just for the social experience. And as a 17 year old, yeah, certainly that's fine. But there's a whole lot of Liberty students who never go to campus at all. They get their four year degree. They go through at their own pace. 87% of all Liberty students get, get financial aid. But you can make that work. So you spend 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week going through there. Now, here's the other thing as well. And this really interests me. Four years is an artificial timeline to get a college degree. There, are, If the goal really is to understand an area of material and to work through that, who says that it has to be extended over four years? What if you're a rapid reader and you assimilate information very quickly and you can go through what's designed to be a six-month semester course, and you can go through it in a week. Should they hold you back? Well, there's a whole lot of degree programs out there that realize that's an artificial constraint. You can go through an entire bachelor's degree in far less time. You can do it under a year, depending on what you study and how aggressively you complete courses. Now, if you want to really see information on this, just Google the 10 fastest online bachelor degree programs, anything close to that. You're going to get it. You're going to get information. 
So there are online degree programs, obviously more convenient. You can continue working as a landscaper. So it doesn't interfere with that at all. You do it whenever you want to. If you want to cram on Saturday and just get a bunch of things in. Now also, a lot of these schools offer credit for life experiences. Like your work history, your volunteer work, your employment history. They allow you to test out of certain classes and they allow you to complete courses at your own pace. Now, when we take all those things together, credit for life experiences, you can opt out or not opt out, but test out of certain classes and go at your own pace. You can see all of a sudden four years is just an arbitrary timeline. And there are programs out there where you can go through it in less than a year. Now, one of the best, one of the best known in this space is Capella University. Capella University. I mean, if if you're ambitious and sharp enough and you got a little bit of spare time, you can complete four years worth of courses in less than a year. And there's some stories out there. You can find those as well if you just Google them about people who have done it in a very, very short period of time. So, William, if it's important enough to you to get the degree, eh, don't see it as a major obstacle. You know, hopefully you'll be able to choose some courses that you would enjoy and content that would really add value to what it is you're doing. Just make it on your own terms. Enroll in one of these schools. And here we are, September 2018. I mean, what if by September of 2019, We'll just make it a year, 2019. You had your degree. Gal, you're, um, what you told me here, you're 34 years old. 34 years old. Wow. I mean, think about what a, a doctor or attorney, I mean, they're still going to school at that age. If you do this and have this degree behind you at 35 years old, hey, you're right on track. And if that opens new opportunities for you, then use it as such. Now, really, bottom line is, I think you're going to get impatient with this kind of restrictive guidelines that a company has having had your own business at one point anyway i really suspect you're just going to see the opportunity there where it's a non-issue and just go on and do your own thing but if there's enough opportunity in this company that you want to stick around and see if you could be you know, manage their properties and other countries and all that yeah i don't, I don't blame you for exploring that but uh, I think you had some great choices right in front of you here you can take advantage of. Well, hey, I hope that's been helpful to a lot of you who are in similar situations. But again, it's one of these things where things are changing. So the old way of doing things, the old way of getting out of high school and then going for four long years where you go to classes and sit there and then spit back what a book says. I mean, that model is being questioned by a whole lot of people. I mean, for one thing, we know that a whole lot of students are coming out with enormous student loan debt. And I talked to a couple of weeks ago about New York University is now offering tuition free at their medical school because a lot of people are balking, knowing they're going to come out with an average of $212,000 in student loan debt. They're saying, well, that really restricts my ability to make choices. If I want to go to a, a third world country and be a physician, I can't do it. My hands are tied. I got to repay that enormous debt. You know, if, if you want to work in the inner city, if you want to go to Cuba and be a physician down there, you, certainly you don't have the option to do that. So they're saying, we're going to help you out at least on that part. So everybody's looking for better options. Our academic process is pretty broken 
in the United States. We're going to be seeing new models that are erupting everywhere. And there are a lot of people, a lot of companies who are validating. Somebody shows up, they don't have a college degree, but they've taken a couple courses from Udemy or Creative Live. Those often carry more weight than traditional college classes that are much nonspecific and non-related to marketable skills. All right, let me jump on here. We'll just see where we go. I got lots and lots of questions, but we'll get see what we can get through. Jeff says, four months ago, I resigned from a large manufacturer to go back into an industry I'm very familiar with, the one where I started when I graduated college. However, I regret taking this new position due to the work environment and culture. I knew the owner and vice president of this current company, but I feel deceived into thinking the work environment was different. I recently lost out on a great opportunity with another company because I have transitioned different jobs over 12 years since graduating. What's the best approach in an interview to explain that I want to leave my current situation due to work environment and be committed to a new company considering my many transitions? I'm with my sixth company over 12 years, which I don't feel is a lot since each was due to advancement and better pay. All right. So, Jeff. Yeah, you're not off track here. And the fact that you, you know, four months is a pretty short period of time. Uh, Depending on, you know, what they did to bring you on board, if there was a signing bonus or moving expenses or something like that, there's probably kind of an implied obligation to have maybe a year at least. But uh, if those weren't part of the hiring decision. If it's something that they could easily replace you, then it's probably not a big deal just to move on. And in terms of presenting yourself to new companies, that's really not much of an issue. Yes, you do have to document what you are able to do, the value you bring. That may have been done through a volunteer position that you had in the community. It may be evidenced on a website that you have or a side hustle that you completed more than your work history. Yeah, your work history is part of how they evaluate it, but it's not, certainly not the only thing. I mean, there are a lot of companies out there who, if they even look at a resume, and a lot of companies aren't even required, not only do they not require degrees, they don't even require resumes anymore, but they're going to want to look at, what are you doing right now? You know, the fact that you were played in a rock band while you were in college may be of more significance to them than what courses you chose and what grades you got. So hold your head high. If you want to do a job search, go ahead and just do a job search. And if you get a position that does give you an opportunity to move forward, go ahead and just give notice, make the move. Not an uncommon part of today's workplace at all. All right, Jeremy says, I'm reaching out to the 30, 40 target companies that you suggest in the 48 days process, but I have difficulty trying to ascertain how I'd present myself. Based on my previous work experience, I function very well as a purchaser. Not only have I developed an analytical process for ordering, but I seem to have developed a sixth sense that typically has worked out very well. In addition, my personality has lent well to that process. I've come to learn that working as a buyer is as much selling as sales itself. It's all about relationships. I like to look for win-win scenarios. I win, my company wins, the people I'm buying from when as well. I've had five years of experience in e-commerce, specifically Amazon FBA, but also a general knowledge of e-commerce 
such as sales funnels, social media management, Facebook, Amazon ads, analytics, and so on. Now, Jeremy goes on to, to describe here, and I know Jeremy, goes on to describe here, uh, you describe your six-figure Amazon business, that your full-time current stable government job pays just a tad over 35000 although with benefits it may be closer to fifty. But you're making more than that in your sideline Amazon business, FBA. Now here's here's the quandary for somebody like you. And you you describe a little bit in here that you, you like being part of a team, you know, going to the office a couple times a week. I think you're gonna have to continue scratching that itch. If we're just looking at this from a practical financial position, I'd say quit your job and just ramp up your Amazon business. You obviously know the systems. And if you are making that kind of profit in what you're doing now, surely you could just scale up with more numbers and what you're already doing, replace the salary you're getting in your job and make your life a lot simpler. However, I also have learned that there are people who really need the job experience, the work environment. So with that, the first thing to do is a job search. Do a job search. The skills you describe in purchasing and understanding analytics and marketing and all that, I mean, those are highly marketable skills. So put your resume out there with those kind of skills at the forefront and just do a job search. You don't need to burn any bridges. You don't need to question anything that's going on right now. Just get it out there. See what happens. See if you can get a job. And, and you know, with those skills, you ought to be able to get a traditional job that doubles the salary that you describe in a government position that takes you from 35 to 70 as a base salary. I mean, there are companies out there where it seems like that would be a fit. Again, I'm not sure exactly where you are geographically, but any company needs those skills, those marketing, purchasing, analytics skills. Any company needs those. So you're not limited by virtue of where you are geographically. And certainly there still ought to be those 30 to 40 companies. So I would start with that, but I'd also be very consistent about building your side business because I think ultimately you'll have more security and predictable income there than you're going to get from a traditional company. Well, hey, let me take a deep breath here and we'll jump into just a couple more questions. But just a reminder, these are real life questions. Coming from you, the listeners, love getting into them every week. Love seeing those come in. You know the deal. All you have to do is just shoot it to me directly at askdan at 48days.com. And if you get a success story or a question, a win you want to share, that's the place to get it. Askdan at 48days.com. Now, Luke asks, says, Dan, you mentioned when you were in deep wind debt, that you would have gone into sales because there's no cap on the amount of money you can make. If I were to get into sales, where would you recommend I start? All right. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I described that period of time when I was over $400,000 in debt, I knew that I could be a responsible guy and just go get a job. And I probably could have gotten a 70 or $80,000 a year job at that point, but the math didn't work. There's no way I could figure out how to repay that debt, which I wanted to do. And, have a wife and three small children. It just wouldn't stretch that far. And so I elected, rather than getting a job with a guaranteed salary and benefits, that I would find something that had no guarantee, no salary, no security, 
but no ceiling. And that's exactly what I did. And figured out an opportunity. Eh, It wasn't my dream job, trust me. It was knocking on doors, door to door in the worst parts of town. It wasn't something that I wanted to do, but it was something that had those requirements. It had no ceiling to the money that I could make. And that proved to be true. I ultimately brought on seven other guys and trained them to do what I was doing, where then I took a portion of their income. So it, it turned out to be extremely profitable, but that's how I approached it. And I feel that way about selling. And any company needs people who are competent in selling. What you do, though, is start with something that you're passionate about anyway. We sell bad. I mean, professional selling is really simply sharing of enthusiasm. Sharing enthusiasm. That's what it is. So sell something that you'd want your next door neighbor to have, that you want to share with your cousin, something that you believe in that much. That's the way that you do great selling. Well, hey, one more here. Craig says, Dan, you often talk about how important it is to over-deliver on anything offered or promised. I witnessed firsthand how you practice what you preach. I ordered a book from your store and was so impressed by how quickly it was processed and delivered. When I opened the package, there were additional books and resources and a personal note of encouragement from you. I felt so blessed by the additional materials in the note. I'm a school district administrator of 31 years approaching retirement. I've been taking courses from PCCI, Professional Christian Counseling Institute, and gearing up a coaching business with plans to transition into coaching, speaking, and possibly podcasting full-time at retirement. I struggle with thoughts of not being enough, but the resources you provided felt as if it were a message from God that he can use an ordinary person like myself to do extraordinary things as we see in examples of the Bible. Thank you for the value and encouragement you provide in so many. I've also participated in an event and course that Kent Julian offered, and I can see why you chose him to be part of your 48 Days team. He over-delivered on both my experiences with his offerings. Because of my experiences with you and Kent, I signed up to be on the waiting list for the 48 Days Eagles. I'm quite sure that it will exceed my expectations as well. God, may God continue to bless you, your family, in 48 days. Well, thank you, Craig. I'm appreciate that. I, we do want to over It's fun to over-deliver. It's fun to give people more than what they thought they were paying for. I mean, I try to do that in everything. When people invest money in 48 days, you know, I tell them I expect them to get a 10 times return. But we often do surprise people in what we send them as well. Or if we have a title that we're going to be um, removing from our catalog, we include those books. You know, we don't take them out to the burn pile. We include those in orders that are coming in. Yeah, I don't write notes with every order, but I do a lot. If I'm here in the mo- early in the morning and see orders going out, I'll just go around and write little notes in there. Put in a beautiful card. has a, one of our eagles in the front of it. Anyway, just fun stuff. Well, y'all, we didn't get through all the questions. We'll circle back around. Remember the, day, the door to 48 Days Eagles is open? 48dayseagles.com. Join us there. It'll put you on a road sharing ideas and resources like nothing else. And you can check out the cruise coming up in April, 48days.com slash cruise. I would love to see you there. love to hear your story. Have you be one of our presenters. Check it out. Let me know how we can work on that. Well, this is always exciting to share this time together. I feel like Carol Burnett. I'm so glad we had this time together. Well, 
Anyway, I, re- I truly do. And I'm proud to have you be part of this group where we are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. <laughs>